Hello and welcome to the May DCM podcast. My name is Tom Lanay and it's a double Tom edition because this month I'm joined by Tom Haynes who works on the AV team at Wavemaker. Hi Tom. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm really well. In fact, yeah. I'm slightly... Uh, I was slightly thrown because when we were doing soundcheck, you were talking about your remarkable eating habits. And <laughs> and I feel like I can't just let the listenership of this podcast oh God, uh, not know about this. Um, Tom, what time? What you don't eat anything until lunchtime? No, no, I don't do breakfast. What, just what have don't. you got against breakfast? Um, it's I'd, easily top three meal of the day. It, it's top three, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. But no, I just don't really have it. It's It's something to do in the morning. You know, so it just adds to your to-do list. Are you just not really hungry or No, no. I just have a really big lunch and big dinner. Okay. Leave it at that. Maybe snack. And your dinner's quite late, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Between nine and ten usually. Jeez. Yeah. Gosh. This I'm one of them. Yep, but and he, but he's, he's a night owl, so um, <laughs> unlike me, who's has dinner as early as possible, six o'clock in bed by nine thirty. Uh, hey, I aspire to be you. That, thank that's you. What, one that's, one that, day, that's what, yeah, one, one day, <laughs> one day I'll have dinner at six. But you got to start eating breakfast. That's the problem with that. <laughs> anyway, um, last time I saw you, Tom, we were you were about to go to the midnight screening of Avengers Endgame. Oh, so honestly, that, just to clarify, that's the screening that starts. As early as possible on the very opening day of Avengers Endgame. Literally the best cinematic experience of my life, without genuinely, a doubt. Genuinely, because um, a film like Endgame only comes round, uh, what, once every ten years? I mean, it's the first time this has ever actually well, happened, really. second one in a year. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but to uh, conclude the, yeah, the phase. Yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. And um, following Infinity War, the way that film finished... I just thought it really warranted a uh, a midnight showing because I just could not risk this being spoiled for me. And um, I'm a massive nerd when it comes to Marvel films. You're in safe hands here. And uh, oh, good, good. And good um, company. oh yeah, honestly, I could talk to, talk for days about this. I've got one hour twenty seven on the SD right, card. Right, <laughs> right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> um, just because everyone who goes to a midnight screening is clearly passionate about. And they cheer at all the right spots. Literally, I've never been in a cinema where like people are cheering, screaming, crying. Like it was like the best atmosphere in a cinema and uh chose the best film for it, even though I had to spend fifty quid on a taxi back home after it. Totally worth it. <laughs> fifty pounds. Fifty quid. Did you not get to share the taxi with anyone? No, 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 no. No one else would go with you. No, no, <laughs> no. Because no. well, what time did it finish? I'm guessing well, you you were out at sort of ten past three. Ten past three, and obviously all and over it's a London, night. Uber, Uber surcharges were insane. Obviously, because everyone's c- coming out the cinema at the same time all across London. Yeah. And um, totally worth it though. Did not mind whatsoever. So. What other films would you go to a midnight screening of? Not many. Not if I'm honest. Like I mean, I, I'm mad about film, but there's not many other films that I would. To be honest, I'm not sure how many midnight screenings they do. Star Wars. I mean, I'm. This is controversial. I'm not a Star Wars man. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I mean, I love the concept. Don't get me wrong. Um, I was probably born a little late for the original trilogy, and then the second trilogy wasn't a massive fan of no. um and then but which is strange because rogue one's actually my favorite film of 2016 i love the concept and like, i look that's what i feel like they should have done with a force awakens I, i'm just 
and I know some people hate me for it, but um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Force Awakens either, and I didn't even actually see Last Jedi in the end. Oh wow! I know, I know. And you I loved know. Rogue One. And I loved. And then Rogue you didn't One. go see the Star Wars film the next year. No, that's no. So odd. Because the Force Awakens annoyed me. Okay. Yeah, but like I completely get how have you like, how well it did and everything. Have you seen Last Jedi now? No. But the point is, it'd only be a big Marvel film that you go to a midnight screening of. Yeah, I'd say so. I don't think there's um, much, many of the franchises that I would do that for. Okay, so how many times have you seen Endgame now? So, this is also quite funny. So basically, I saw the midnight screening, um, and then I immediately saw it again after work the next day. So after that second screening, I realized, God... The last 24 hours, I've slept three hours, but watched six hours of Endgame. <laughs> and like it was, I was very happy with that. Uh, but I am still planning on seeing it again, potentially this coming weekend. So that, will that be that the I've, third time? Yeah, that'll be the third time, just to give myself a bit of time to you know recover okay. emotionally and physically. Okay, and <laughs> let's just talk a little bit about that, because it came out on the same weekend. Uh, Avengers Endgame came out on the same weekend as the biggest Game of Thrones episode oh, yet. Yeah. And I understand you're a big Game of Thrones fan. Very true. Now, it's quite interesting that a big blockbuster film and a big blockbuster television show, arguably the two biggest of the year, can come out on the same weekend Insane. and be huge hits. Insane. With a Stark surname in both as well. Is there? I don't. T- Tony Stark and the... And who's the Stark? I, don't, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. So. Oh, no way. Yeah, right. so who, what's, okay. who's the Stark? Uh, you must have been told it's a million times, but immediately watch it. I have been told it. I yeah. feel like it's, I'm t- it's too far gone now. It's, it's t- not. I, it's never too far gone. I can't. I can't. Have you got Sky? No. R- okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. And what other films have you particularly enjoyed this year? Oh, I have actually had a great year, like uh, or great 2019 so far. I must have been to cinema probably pushing double digits. Um, I'd say Endgame will be number one, but that's probably unfair across all the other releases. Um, I would probably say highly commended, I'd give, in DCM Awards fashion. Um, (laughs) I would probably... I actually really enjoyed fighting with my family. Um, I absolutely loved it. Stephen Merchant... Uh, f- uh, directed it, I think it was. Yeah, uh, Florence Pugh plays Paige, the wrestler. Uh, like, and I used to love WWE. It was like my life from age seven to thirteen. Um, I even had a wrestling name. And also, what was your? Uh, uh, hello, I've just yeah. got. I was. I had a question <laughs> lined up there. But I have to stop it. What was your wrestling name? Uh, Nitro. Nitro. Who gave you that wrestling name? So I was in a tag team. Yep. With my uh, next door neighbour, and he was TNT. So you see the yeah uh, yeah Crash Bandicoot TNT yep. Nitro. Um, so I'd say fight with my family is probably the second best, but I'd also say us as yeah, well us is, is up there because well. like Jordan Peele is incredible, especially after Get Out. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah. A, I th- I'm excited to see whatever he what else he does. Yeah, um, it's amazing. But anyway, I just need to go back and ask a bit more about this wrestling tag team. Where did you <laughs> wrestle? And who did you uh, wrestle in, against? In our, in our living rooms, and we would wrestle against like the uh, the innards of the sofas. So you okay. know how like when when you so you, not proper wrestling. <laughs> no, well, no, you didn't no. actually get injured. Did you get injured? Oh, um, oh, actually, yeah. So like me and my brother as well. He's a uh, big brother. Uh, we tag team. Well, not tag team. What really. was his name? He would choke slam me into my parents' bed, and honestly, we must have broke my parents' bed a million times wrestling. What was his name? Um, I don't think he had a wrestling name. 
didn't need one. The man with no name. Didn't, yeah, didn't need one. No. Like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. The Clint Eastwood <laughs> of wrestling in the... Where did you grow up? Nottingham. Nottingham, yep. yeah. The, the, the man with no name in the Trent region. <laughs> um, so moving on to your role at Wavemaker, tell us a bit about what you do. So I work... Uh, uh, in the Wavemaker play department, I basically book, plan and book um, media across TV, radio, cinema, uh, all the AV campaigns um, across an array of entertainment clients, um, varying from uh, gaming to film to even beer, because obviously that's entertainment. Um, and yeah, pretty much. Beer genuinely comes under entertainment. Uh, beer does at uh, Wavemaker, yeah. Good. And so, um, I mean, in t- you work, uh, you've already mentioned Crash Bandicoot. You mentioned you love a film. It must be good to work on these entertainment clients. Oh, it's awesome. Literally couldn't ask for a better, um, better roster of clients to work on. And you mentioned gaming. Uh, gaming, yeah. work, uh, gaming clients work a lot with cinema. Why do you yeah. think that is? Oh, it just makes sense. Um, it's entertainment at the end of the day. Um, and gamers go to the cinema, um, and in terms of providing impact to an audience which indexes high, highly against gamers, early adopters as well, uh, just massively makes sense. If you want to provide targeted impact, then cinema is 100% the place where you need to be, uh, especially when you've got a slate like you do in 2019. It's hard to not find a release which doesn't work for your game. So you work with Ubisoft, who are obviously a huge gaming client, release films like, uh, sorry, release games like Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I know Ubisoft are big fans of cinema. Wayne, who works at Ubisoft, is, I would have said the biggest Marvel fan I know. I'm now thinking maybe second or at least joint biggest. Honestly, the amount of times me and Wayne have had uh, several beers talking about Marvel, we could go all day. And that must be quite satisfying for you. Oh, it's awesome. Absolutely great. Like, to be able to uh, get on with your clients and talk about, um, what releases are coming out uh, in terms of gaming and uh, film? I mean, it's in terms of what we're passionate about, really, uh, it's great. It's great fun. What part of your work have you been most proud of? Um, so, in terms of cinema, uh, we worked on a U- Ubisoft campaign uh, last year for Far Cry Five. Uh, we did a really good, uh, simple, and effective. Uh, cinema campaign where we s- simply did a blipverts within the the cinema ad reel um, and because the challenges were that year is that there's it's such a cluttered environment uh, loads of different releases coming out I think around that time was God of War and you obviously have your FIFA's your Call of Duties uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was coming out uh, later that year uh, and then you've got like games the new games console coming out next year so what, people PlayStation like, 5 yeah yeah and uh, the next Xbox uh, supposedly anyway uh, we just don't think as many people are buying as many games so we really our challenge was to really uh, provide that impact get their attention in uh, basically and we thought the best way of doing that was uh, we're re- really lucky with the the film slate over the period because we had Ready Player One Pacific Rim 2 and Tomb Raider all coming out relatively I mean in terms ideal for gamers literally could not have one asked for is a based be- on a computer game exactly the other one features heavily virtual reality and Pacific Rim is basically a computer game yeah literally we couldn't have asked for a better slate uh, so it just meant it would be rude not to do something really fun and creative uh, but in t- but um, we ended up doing like these blipferts, which uh, basically, in a nutshell, would be, uh, just for, in case listeners don't know, um, relatively uh, nor- normal ad reel 
however, would be an advertiser and then go into one of our five second blips and then would run another advertiser's ad and then we'd have another five sec just to really get people talking throughout the ad reel uh, because we wouldn't release what it was, uh, what the game was until the last advert. And in terms of the business results from that campaign, it was like really, really good. Um, like in terms of ad recall, consideration, purchase intent, um, and even sales as well, because at that point, I think we uh, were, in terms of physical sales, we were the, uh, we uh, took the top spot in 2018, I think it was April of 2018. Yeah, so was, we took yeah. the top spot for physical sales. There's, all those films are out in March and Ready Player One was 30th of March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds right. It worked a dream. And it was nominated for a DCM Award as and well, it wasn't was. it? it, did it didn't win. Did it get highly commended though, wasn't it? Highly commended, yeah. Yep, yeah, see, yeah. That, I knew that. Yeah. So you've also looked to work with new technologies such as 4DX, which is in a Cineworld Cinemas. Why is that? Um, because it's the most immersive experience and environment uh, a client can get involved with uh, easily as well. Um, and like in terms of cost effectiveness as well, um, it's it's a no-brainer for gaming clients especially and any entertainment brands really to be honest um, because it provides like the most impact possible um, and it, it gets you talking I mean like it was just an absolute no-brainer for like an Assassin's Creed release we had last year um, to run in Venom which came out uh, October yeah in October yeah um, it just made so much sense to because so, we had a really good ad as well. We had a really good creative to do this with. Um, How important was that? So did you look at the creative and go, we need to really yeah, maximise yeah. this because it's, gr- it's a really strong creative? Well, we actually proposed it really early on uh, just because we knew Venom was coming out at that time. Um, and we know that people who are going to go watch a 4DX film, they're willing to spend a bit more money for an experience, uh, which means that they're going to index highly in uh, being an early adopter, someone who's going to uh, like be more for buying Assassin's Creed. And Venom as well. It's it's a Marvel film. It had Tom Hardy in it. Um, like, and it absolutely smashed it in the end. So um, you never know with something like Venom coming out. It could have gone either way, but it absolutely smashed it. Um, so it, the campaign worked out really well. So back onto films. What are you most looking forward to for the rest of the year? Oh, so... Um, there's so many, literally so many. Uh, for me, I'd say the one I'm most like confident I'm gonna love is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Massive Quentin fan. Uh, everything he's done, I absolutely love. Uh, heard the re- the reviews. Early reviews are great. From Cannes, yeah, it won. Yeah. He, it, did it win best screenplay at the Cannes Awards as well? But either way, it got five stars in the Guardian, five stars in Telegraph. It looks yeah. really good, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I literally cannot wait. It's going to be the cast as well. There's, if you haven't, if if anyone listening hasn't seen the trailer, go and watch the trailer. Uh, it's set in LA in 1969, and Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt play an actor and his stunt double, and they get caught up with the Manson yeah. uh, c- cult and yeah. Margot Robbie's playing Sharon Tate and it looks stylish, disturbing, funny and as Tarantino always does, the music choices are absolutely knockout, aren't they? Yeah, the soundtracks are 
all, always incredible. And like, I don't think they really give that much away with I, the trailer. I, yeah, I, I still, still don't, don't really know, know how the story goes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, we know what happens in real life, but I'm assuming this changes history in the same way that Inglorious Bastards did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. I, I, mean, I think it's a knockout trailer as well. And it's really nice to see Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio just playing on their charisma. Right. You know, oh. Leonardo DiCaprio's not trying to do anything except be a star. Yeah. And that, you know, it's like, I just... I really, I really like DiCaprio when he's on full charisma mode. I'm yeah. not so keen when he's going hard for his Oscar like he was in The Revenant, but when yeah. he's doing full charismatic like he's in Catch Me If You Can or or hopefully this, yeah. I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what a tag team! I mean, I'm not sure how they would go against TNT and Nitro, Nitro. but what, <laughs> yeah. what, what a tag team! Leo and Brad, like, yeah, all I, over that. We might struggle to get them to your mum's <laughs> front room as well, but you know, we can work on it. Yeah, yeah. And, never say never. And uh, yeah, it's out in on the 14th of August. It looks really terrific. Yeah. What else? Um, so it's two definitely. Um, loved the first one. Uh, the books are great. Uh, what the book is great. Um, and the trailer for it too is another amazing. really good one it's as well. Insane. Isn't it? like, so it's really scary. I showed it at my flat to my girlfriend, and she was genuinely creeped out. Oh, because you don't horrors now. Like I feel like we're in the new era for horror films, and um, with like Hereditary last year, Quiet Place, Us, Get Out, like. It's um, a golden age, isn't it? It's only getting better and better, and it as well. I mean, that was like the best horror film. It's the biggest came, horror the film biggest of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, this one, I saw, I saw the first one. I'm not huge into horror because I get scared, <laughs> but um, it was a good mix of scary and f- I thought the dynamic between the kids was brilliant, and yeah. they've cast them amazingly in so this. So well, they look so much like. Yeah, each other, I don't, don't know how they've done it. They've just lit. Well, I do know how they've done it. It's good casting yeah. and hard work. <laughs> um, it's not magic, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see it. And if you and again, the trailer, it, it's just that mainly that one scene of Jessica Chastain going to visit her old house. So good, and like, it's creepy. That, um, old, old woman, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. No. so good. Yeah, and uh, that's but, out in September. Yeah, that's September. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, otherwise, uh, in terms, I mean, in, in terms of the big ones. Toy Story 4, I'm ready to cry. I cannot wait. Since, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I love Toy Story 1 and 2, but when, in Toy Story 3, when they're in the furnace, I've never wept so so much. I mean, I love a cry. That is one of the, the films. great moments in any animation. I, I, Literally. I was, I, it, I, obviously they weren't going to get burnt. No, no. But no. I was still convinced that they were. For that split when second, I was like, hands. oh my gosh, they're not going to get out of this no. and they're going to burn them all. When they start holding hands, oh my. when Buzz looks into Woody's eyes, oh, honestly, I... What I, a moment. I, I what a, what still a getting moment. over it. I yeah. absolutely love that bit. And also, Fair I do play. think... I love Toy Story 1. It was brilliant. Yeah. I then saw Toy Story 2 and was like, oh my gosh, this is even better. And yeah. that was in 1999, wasn't it? Or, yeah, t- or yeah. 2000, when you don't get that many really good sequels. Yeah. Maybe it was like 2001. Um, and then Toy Story 3, I think, was even better. Yeah, and it came out quite a bit later, didn't it? Yeah, 2010. It? Yeah. So this yeah. is nine years since the last one. So it would have been nine years, I think, between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. And it's... T- Pixar aren't going to mess it up, are no, they? No, not at all. Uh, didn't they push it back? Yeah, it was, they swapped well. it with Incredibles 2, because Incredibles 2 was this year, right. and Toy Story 4 was last yeah. year, but they swapped them. And haven't they got Keanu Reeves in? Keanu Reeves is playing the stunt 
motorcycle stunt driver toy. So up for that. And so Key and Peel. We've already mentioned yeah. Jordan Peel. They're voicing two characters as well. Yeah. It's and our, it, our CEO was at CinemaCon and watched the first seventeen or eighteen minutes and said it was brilliant. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so that. excited. Yeah. And um, obviously Lion King. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, it's good. It's a good summer of film, isn't it? Honestly. So good. At least you can't. Like, I've never been to the cinema this much in a year. Never mind in just the first five months. And in terms of what's left to come out, I haven't even gone through half of the films I'm excited for this year. But I'm just going to go more and more. To be honest. Well, um, you can save your money for Star Wars because we, we know you're not going <laughs> to. We know you're not going to see that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's talk superheroes or comic books. Oh yeah. Because I know that we've always spoken about Avengers. We've got Joker in October. Yeah. Are you a DC fan as well? I am a DC fan, uh, especially when Christopher Nolan was in, in charge. Um, I, think he, I think Marvel owed Christopher Nolan something of a debt, yeah. don't they? Like, <laughs> he got people back into comic books. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, I w- whatever Christopher Nolan did, like, I, I will go and watch it and I'll spend money. Like, uh, I'm, he's my favourite director. I'm... S- like I'm so excited that he's got something coming out next year. Yet, yeah, t- um, uh, t- what's Tenet. it called? Tenet. Tenet? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That sounds exciting. Um, we'll talk about that on another podcast. Yeah, but that's uh, July 2020. I can't wait for that one. But uh, in terms of Joker this year, I mean, I wasn't a fan of Batman, Superman, or uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. I mean, in terms of releasing a trailer and like literally the trailers for both Batman, Superman, and Suicide Squad when they first came out, literally could not get more excited for them. They absolutely nailed the trailers and. For me, when they they came out of, I was couldn't have been more disappointed. I'm, so I'm massively ma- ex- managing my expectations. With I'm Joker. not sure there's been such a disparity between quality of trailer and movie literally. between Suicide and Suicide Squad because obviously the trailer was a total knockout, wasn't oh, it? Literally, it was um, brilliant. Ballroom Blitz, wasn't it? Yeah. They did the music, but anyway. But I think Joker has got a very good trailer, and this genuinely looks like something really? different as well. Yeah, so different. Um, I think they're going a bit down a Logan. Um, channel in a way, um, darker, more grounded. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, I mean it looks. Like, it doesn't. Look, it's, look, it's not a superhero film because let's face it, Joker's not a superhero. Yeah, I mean, it could yeah. be interesting how he exists if he exists in the same world as Superman. Yeah, yeah, of course. And Wonder Woman. Um. So yeah, I'm so excited for that. Like I am managing expectations because of the last couple, and I've been uh, I've been devastated before. So did you uh, see Shazam? I didn't see Shazam. I've heard it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I think DC with the solo movies are, are getting it right. Yeah, yeah. And Wonder Woman was good as well. Yeah, again, I haven't actually seen that. Okay. Like, so I, I, I need to, I, I definitely need to catch up on them. But, but uh, Joker, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see that. I just really hope the early reviews are, are going to be great because I'll be in there. Yep. Well, let's talk briefly about the MCU because we currently have two untitled Marvel films next year on the schedule. Yeah, isn't one in January? No, uh, I think no, that's moved. Oh, has it? Yeah, there's now May, uh, st- end of April, early May, which I'm assuming is Black Widow. Right, okay. And then November, which I'm guessing is Eternals. Uh, are you all in for Phase 4? Um, so, with everything prior to Infinity War, I probably wouldn't go t- to the cinema to see all of them. Uh, like I missed Thor Ragnarok, missed uh, Guardians. That t- was one of the best ones. Thor I Ragnarok. know, I know, it's brilliant. Uh, missed Guardians and Guardians Two. I missed quite a few. Uh, I went to see all the Avengers and stuff, but ever since uh, Infinity War and Endgame, um, I am seeing every single one. I have so much faith in Disney now, um, just because the 
I, I'd say the last one I didn't like was probably Thor 2. Yep, that um, is the weakest of the whole lot, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. But ever since then, I've enjoyed every single one. And ever since Endgame, I'm more invested than ever. So Spider-Man, I'll be there on opening night. Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the 2nd of July. Second of and July, I love yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming as well. Oh, Tom Holland for me is perfect. He's the best Spider-Man. Literally the best, the best Spider-Man. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in Marvel. Uh, like I'm so excited for that. I, I'm... I'd, and it, it seems from the trailer that they're doing something interesting, perhaps in, inspired by Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse with the multiverse. It looks yeah. like, uh, it, which gives Such them a, a huge amount of scope to do different things. And um, I think the casting in this in Spider-Man has been brilliant with Zendaya and um, Jacob Batalon, who plays his best friend Ned. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and I really, really I enjoy it. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is top three MCU. I've said it on this podcast before, but I think Spider-Man Homecoming is top three MCU films. It's brilliant. In terms of the tone of it, they just seem to nail the tone of every Marvel film, like, like on the head. Like, obviously, Thor, when it was beginning, um, it was, it's nowhere near, I, I mean, there's no other trilogy where the, the final film of the trilogy is by far the best. Yeah. And Thor Ragnarok like absolutely kills it and they completely change the tone. He's of, a different of, character. Completely. And with Spider-Man the, uh, they've absolutely nailed it on the head with him as well I think because uh, it's such a, a funny film as well. Um, and yeah Amazing twist as well. Best twist in a Marvel film I think as well. I won't, t- I won't tell you what the twist is but yeah. Anyway, yes, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's an, as you said, it's an exciting year and there's a lot to look forward to. So thank you for joining me, Tom. Thank you. No, no, it's been great. And uh, I'll be back next month. It's a Cine Europe special next month. I'll be in Barcelona in mid-June finding out what all the distributors will be presenting. And so I'll be talking about that afterwards. So join me then. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye.